there are a million other people who are talented, million other like, and I even yeah. saw that in my own business, right? I always thought that oh, if I just fucking make amazing design, amazing websites, my like this is what creatives say: my work speaks for itself. Like, no, it fucking doesn't. <laughs> Welcome everyone to episode five of Authentic as Fuck podcast. Episode five. Episode five. That's awesome. I was thinking like when I, I was, the other day I was thinking about when I say authentic as fuck, like it sounds a little natural. So I think I just have to say like authentic as fuck. You got it. I don't know, like authentic as, authentic as fuck. You got to make it like, you got to put a little punchiness in there. Authentic as fuck. Fuck. <laughs> yeah, you got to add like some uh, passion to yeah. it. So people know like when they say it, they, they mean it. Like authentic as, it. like that's authentic as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> we need to like get, we need to get like the perfect version of you saying it. And then mm. like record it and then and, try like, to replicate it and try to yeah. replicate it. Yeah. yeah, exactly. I was thinking about getting like a neon sign back here. Like this <gasps> is authentic as fuck. Oh man, what dude, do you think? you're such the creative. <laughs> like, it might be kind of busy, right? No, no, I, I think it'd know. be cool. Yeah. I think it'd be really cool. I mean, it, you just look cool. Like you sound cool. You look cool. <laughs> like. That's Everyone like wants the to be friend. <laughs> I'm always like surprised because Gabby said the same thing. Like last year we all went out to dinner and she, I was like, oh, she was like, son, when I first met you, like this guy's so cool. And I'm like, what? That, if you like saw me in high school, that like that would be the last word that people would <laughs> use in the same <laughs> sentence as me. <laughs> That's how it works, right? Like the coolest people were probably not that cool. <laughs> in high school um but like i i totally relate to what she said because that's how like whenever i'm around you or like talk to you i'm always like man he is so like cool but i think that's how we are about like because when i talk to you guys i feel like oh they're so cool like i just feel like every we all think that everyone else is cool and yeah. we're not we're like a we're not cool. dork <laughs> that's true that's true because i de yeah i would not put me and michael in the cool category we're pretty boring and vanilla watching your wedding video oh yeah <laughs> so you watched good. it thanks was I that like in uh, mexico or something yeah you guys had a destination wedding we did we did and there were only like i mean we invited i think 11 or 12 people and then when you add the plus ones it was probably close 20. to like 25 people or something, 20, 25 That's to 30 people. That's still pretty good, intimate, yeah. It, it was like the best thing we ever did. It was not what we had intended to do um, because I was like, oh, I want to have a Nashville wedding because we mm -hmm. both love Nashville and I want to like do I it on there. I can't hear you anymore. You can't hear me. Oh, I hear you now. <laughs> okay. I, but I wanted to do it somewhere like in Nashville on this like bridge that's that where we had our engagement photos done. And we then we went to Mexico like shortly after we got engaged. Mm -hmm. And Michael was like, we saw someone getting married there. 
and at the same place at the same place and we had been to that place a time before so it was like a place that was special to us Mm -hmm. michael was like what if we got married here and i was like no way i'm not doing a destination (laughs) wedding hell no some cheesy mexico wedding i'm not doing that and um why that's so i don't know like i have no idea and then once we we went and we've got more information and then i was like okay, maybe that would be kind of cool. Maybe that's way more our personality. And I was able to surrender all of the decisions to the resort. So the mm-hmm. only thing we outsource, like you could outsource everything. You could outsource your food, your photos, your, your, um, every like decorations, video, video everything. You could outsource all of that. Or you could allow the resort to do it, your flowers. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to surrender all of these decisions to the resort. So if anything goes wrong, I've already surrendered it. I don't have to worry about it. Like I literally had an Excel spreadsheet that I had to fill out of like, I I don't see you as like one of those, you know, like those girls that are like, they're looking forward to their wedding day their whole life. And like, it has to be perfect. Like, I don't see you as like one of those people. So. Definitely not. The only thing I had an opinion on was the video and the 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 video, not even the photos. Like why the video? Because <laughs> I knew that Michael and I would like want to go back, and I wanted to be able to relive that uh, moment again because it was so special. And so we made an investment in we like researched and found hmm. this gal that that does it. Um, gal. And, this gal she's awesome i wish i remembered her name but love rocks wedding videos she she killed it there was a drone she had all the things that i wanted (laughs) and you gotta have the drone (laughs) the drone she picked the exact like she asked for like some of the music that we liked and she ended up picking a song that was like that was very special to michael and i that we didn't even Tell you didn't her. pick it? Oh, we didn't right. pick it. We just said, these are bands that we like, and uh-huh. this is music that we like. And she ended up picking a song that really meant a lot to us. Um, so it just, it was cool. I think that's important, cool. right? Like when you hire anyone, it's less about like their skills. And it's about, it's more about like how, like how well you mesh with them, right? Like Yes. Because she came and like talked to us, like while we were yeah. at the hotel and was like, trying to get to know us and we talked on the phone a couple times and like she got to know our story and mm-hmm. yeah 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 that that's so important us. because that's her job to capture that that mm-hmm. personality right so exactly you ever watch a a show called abstract on Netflix no so it's a it's like a series and what they do is they feature different artists every week, different type of artists. Like, well, one of them is like a shoe designer. Another one is like, um, <clears throat> illustrator. Another one might be a graphic designer. So another one's like an architect. So they pick different like people in the creative world, but they're like the best of the best. Oh, <laughs> I know. He's like, I don't want to sit down here, mama. Your second episode. I <laughs> know. Yeah, like my little uh my little sidekick. <laughs> so they pick different artists. Uh-huh. Oh. I know. It's like, okay, he's so hungry. Are you like breastfeeding him? 
Yes. That's like uh, first ever in podcast history. I know, man. I have to like, the that's baby like has to eat, man. That's authentic as fuck. Like, here we are. I want to be able to pay attention. So I have to feed him. <laughs> He's like, cool. You're amazing. <laughs> Thank you, son. <laughs> Thank you. I don't even Taking- think like... I think I'm pretty authentic and I think you take it to the next level. <laughs> what am I supposed to do, man? My kids are hungry. <laughs> this is just like, hey, can you can I I'm just admiring you? Like I'm it's bad respect. <laughs> oh, well, thank you. I'm supposed to be like, hey kid, you're only uh you're only like 19 days old. If you could just chill, I got this podcast to do. I'll feed you in a days. second. 19, Has I think it been 19, 19 days, days already? Probably. Has it? Uh, I don't think so. Am I doing that wrong? Maybe. Maybe I'm... Because I moved and everything. Maybe I'm, my, my days are all fucked up. What? Four, yeah, dude. It's yeah. like more than 19 Holy days. Shit. What? 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19. It's 20 days. Oh, wow. We lost it. Over there. <laughs> um, okay. So tell me about Abstract. Oh yeah, so that in, in that show, there's a, one of them was like a photographer, and he's a portrait photographer. So he does like he does like all the presidents and all like like famous people. Yeah. And like what he did was had almost nothing to do with actual photography. Like what he does is they come in, and he'll talk mm-hmm. to them for like forty five minutes to get them comfortable, to learn about them, and like talk about like really deep shit. And then even during, I think on some of them, he wasn't even taking the picture. Like he was just there talking to them. And then he would like try to capture the exact moment. Like he would ask them like a very emotional question. Oh. And then try to capture that exact moment of like certain look in their face. And it was just like, I was fascinated. <laughs> so they, so he would ask questions and then as they're answering them, he would take their yeah, yeah, take yeah. Photos. yeah, exactly. Oh. And he doesn't look at the camera. He's like just looking at them. And he stands so close to them. Like he's like right in front of them, like taking pictures. So and how then, does he take their picture if he's like right in front of them? Or like not looking at... Like he's like this. He's like, like he'll set up the camera and then he'll just like talk to them or like, I don't know. Oh, <laughs> wow. But like 90% of it had nothing to do with actual lighting or photography or anything like that. It had everything. It had everything to do with getting that emotion out of them. Dude, that's like everything you talk about. <laughs> you, I mean, you always talk about it doesn't matter what your website looks like. It doesn't matter yeah. what. Yeah. None of this stuff, like all yeah. the bullshit doesn't matter if you don't have a good yeah. story yeah. and you can't tell it well. Exactly. So. But everybody tends to put 90% of their focus on all the other shit and like... Yeah. If I look at Instagram, everybody is like 90% of their focus is on trying to figure out the algorithm, like perfect (laughs) hashtag strategy and all of that. I'm like, take all of that energy and time and put it into making dope content. That's that's going to give you a better growth. (laughs) Right. Like you're not trying to game the system. Mm -hmm. But it's the same, right? Like if you look at people that are like in the fitness space, like yeah. they're putting 90% of their energy on doing the perfect exercise, the perfect diet, like 
why don't you take all of that energy and actually do the exercise <laughs> right do the work <laughs> go run beside david goggins <laughs> yeah right <laughs> Just go run next Just go live with them for 30 days. like, <laughs> And then get back to us. Fit. Yeah. Like you'll have no choice. Man, every time I like, I was just thinking about him because I was scrolling through the other day and there he is running like mm -hmm. in my feed. Like wonder what he's running towards. Every like, one of is, them is running. He, every single one. He's like running or doing some insane in yeah. workout. Like, yeah. He's got his workouts are not actually that great. He does very when I watch him, he does very basic workouts. Uh, but I'm sure like I think he does it a lot. <laughs> right. He's like, yeah, this is my 4000th push up <laughs> of the day and I'm not out of breath. I'm not tired. I look great. Uh. And you suck if you don't. <laughs> <laughs> I'm better than everyone. <laughs> Like, I, I don't know that I get motivated when I watch him as much as I like get scared like, and feel or get entertained. I'm super entertained. Now I will say, and I know that people probably won't believe me, but I did think about him and that he would have called me a pussy like while I was giving birth because I was like, I didn't do an epidural or whatever. <laughs> And I was like, what would fucking David Goggins do? He'd be in here saying, you can fucking do this. Get, quit crying about it and just fucking do it. Like there was a distinct moment during childbirth that I thought of David Goggins and what like he would tell him standing next to you, like screaming like at saying, you. Like, like you, <laughs> you are better than this. Like, <laughs> okay, you're right. <laughs> Whatever, David. <laughs> I have this baby. Like, yeah, he's awesome. I mean, that, that he's a perfect example of why, because he, he doesn't do any of that shit. He doesn't really go on social media. If you see him, he never comments back, replies back to any <laughs> comments. He Occasionally, doesn't... he does, but I think it's his wife or his girlfriend. Oh, really? He doesn't do any of his own social media. Like. Yeah. He doesn't do like any of the marketing tactics that like no. that traditional marketers do. But if you look at his growth, right? Um, that guy, David Itzler, like he invited him to go live with them for a month. J Jesse? That, yeah. Yeah, Jesse Itzler, like invited yeah, him to live yeah. with them. And then like that kind of like, that was like the first like public moment for him, right? Right. And then it grew from there and then he wrote a book and blah, 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 blah. And like, but that trajectory that he his fame grew was like, like unbelievable, right? He, he, he did it so fast. And now he's like way bigger than Jesse Itzler, right? I know, yeah. So that just goes to show you that like, it, it has nothing to do with the marketing tactics or anything like that. Because mm -mm. some people just grow like that, even if they don't do any, any of the marketing shit. Right. So, right. Because they're putting out great content. Yeah. And, and I also think, yeah, go ahead. Well, people are interested in him. People are interested in his story. He has a great story. He found a way to tell it. And people His content is him. It. It's just him being it's him. Just, <laughs> That's what people love. Yeah. I know. It's what I love. And I, I am like that too with certain people like, and I think you were right, like the other day we were talking about what makes him like so like magnetic and it's 
it's just him being himself. He like no apologies, like, and that's what kind of that's what I'm drawn to for like Gary Vee, right? When somebody is like just unapologetic and just fucking being themselves, something about them is just like magnetic, and it just draws mm-hmm. people to them, right? Yeah, because so so I think it's because so few people are that way. Yeah. Like, because we envy it almost. We're like, oh, I wish I could mm-hmm. be like that. It's like the cool thing. Yeah. It's like, wow, they're so they're so cool. They're so cool. <laughs> because they're just being themselves. Um, yeah. And like when I watch David Goggins or like Jocko or like Gary Vee or even Joe Rogan, like it, and there's a few other people, like I don't know if you watch like H3 podcast, but they're, they're kind of silly, but they're like that. Like when I watch these guys, it's it doesn't even matter what they say. Like for me, it literally doesn't even matter matter what they say. I just it's uh, just watching them talk, the energy of it. Yeah. I'll, I can sit there and just watch them talk about anything. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. So, well. kind of leading up to PR, right? <laughs> Which is kind of the topic of this episode. Yeah. That's kind of another thing, right? I think I had some um, clients that are so well connected in PR, like they know everyone, right? And they would get all these, like, they would be on the Today Show, they'll be on this show, they'll be all, all over the place. Mm-hmm. But for some reason, like there's, their social media is not growing really. And when they sell courses, nobody buys it, right? So that kind of got me thinking too, like about, and when I was on Instagram, I saw similarity, right? Like there are people that are reaching out, networking, DMing everyone and trying to like go on IG live with them or like do a guest post or like collaborate with them and shit like that. But ultimately like that's just grinding still. But mm-hmm. like for me, like all of my IG live, all of my uh, like guest posts and things like that, like I didn't reach out to any one of them. They all reached out to me. And I think that's what happened. That's probably what happened with David Goggins, right? I'm sure he didn't hire some PR yeah. agent. <laughs> you know what I mean? So Yeah. Uh, yeah. Even when He's it comes to that. PR, yeah. Because you need PR to grow. You need to be on, you need to show yeah. up. You need to be on guests on podcasts and you need all of those things to grow. But... That doesn't mean necessarily you can force your way in because mm-hmm. it's one thing for like, cause like if I look at impact theory, right? Almost all of my clients have been on impact theory with Tom Bilyeu, but. Except for one. Uh, uh, Michael. Future, future guest. <laughs> <laughs> but some of them, even though they've been on impact theory, they have, mm-hmm. they got nothing out of it. It didn't, it didn't like propel them to the next level of their next stage in their career. But if I look at somebody like Mel Robbins, like so many people recognize her because of that. And the difference mm-hmm. is that one person was on there and doing the same old bullshit interview, like, you know, like that whole pretentious shit. And then you, if you look at Mel Robbins' interview, it's a little, I think it's like one of his top, other than like David Goggins, I think it's like number two or three most viewed interview on, on his show. Really? It's because she's so fucking authentic on that show, 
Like she, and so it doesn't, like you can be given that opportunity, but that doesn't mean everybody's going to, you know, everyone that's given that opportunity is going to take off. Yeah. And that's kind of what I think a lot of people don't realize. Yeah, I think so too. Um, I think we, it, we in some ways thought, okay, we need PR because that's like the magic bullet. Like they're going to be able so to. So you guys hired a PR company. Mm-hmm. We hired a PR company primarily for the book. I think we talked about that um, mm-hmm. in one of our episodes. Like that was the, that's part of the formula, right? Like mm-hmm. if you want to be on the New York Times bestseller and you want to get all this exposure, mm-hmm. like it was our first rodeo. We, we mm-hmm. were like, okay, this is part of what we have to do in order to be successful. And we're going to make this investment. Mm-hmm. Um, there were a lot of factors that came into play. Like the pandemic was one and it all lined up. Yeah. Um, with the book launch, but I think, and I don't think that we would be where we are in terms of our messaging and the way that Michael interviews and a lot of the things that he learned, I would credit to the things that we learned like in that kind process. Of a media training. Yeah. Yeah. he got some media training. We, we got to refine the message a little bit, um, mm-hmm. which was really helpful for him to like pare it down to the sound bites because he could go on for hours about what he's talking about. So they helped us like simplify that message and get it across in a three minute or seven minute, you know, interview. Like uh, when people say, can you tell, tell us your story or like, can you tell us? You gotta yeah, do the- <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And they helped us land a few like big podcasts. Mm-hmm. Um, but what we learned along the way, like for us we also landed a bunch of podcasts on our own by on just like, own, yeah. yeah, by just reaching out to people. Um, and then. So you think that, you could have gotten those other podcasts on your own too? Yes, I think so. Okay. We didn't get any other kind of big media exposure and the mm-hmm. things that we thought were going to be like really big deals that they did mm-hmm. get us turned into be not really nothing. It wasn't a big opportunity. It didn't drive. It didn't drive a bunch of book sales. It didn't drive a bunch of followers. It didn't turn into this big like thing. Um, So I think it's like the uh, culmination of those things. It's like, it's exponential. So what's happened now for us on podcasts, I don't even know how many, Michael's probably been on close to 50 podcasts Mm. at this point and IG lives and you put all those things together. A couple of things have happened. One, he's made real connections with the interviewers, you know, some of them, and then they refer, they refer him as a guest to the people that they know in the podcast Mm -hmm. industry. And so like, it's now exponential, like, oh, you should have this guy on his, on your podcast and making Mm -hmm. those introductions. And so it's all very organic. Um, it, It also feels like more of a connection is being made, like because we're reaching out or they reach out to us. Um, And then over time you start to, we start to see like, Oh, Hey, we saw you on this podcast. Mm -hmm. We saw you on that podcast. And, or I heard your interview with Donald Miller. I heard your interview with, you know, maybe a smaller podcast that only has a few subscribers. And so over time, the more and more that you're on the exponential, the, the reach is, and the growth. Yeah. 
but I think we just had to do that. And we had to learn, like, this is our formula for getting on a podcast. Mm -mm. And this is what works for us. Um, And it's also like, so that's part of it. I think most PR companies, unless you're like some of the top names, like the celebrity PR, PR people, most of them is just basic. It's like a business development, right? Because it's just all connections, reaching out to people and things like that. Yes. And the thing is, those you're absolutely right. When you get on the Today Show, even like big publications, when you get a feature on Forbes or whatever it is, those don't actually drive sales. It's just, mm-hmm. um, it's more like a credibility, like a social proof type of thing. So you can say that you are on there. Yes. But, and that's kind of what PR, like if I think of PR agency or PR, that's what that is. I think the true PR happens when you're on a podcast like what Mel Robbins did or something like that. There are those moments, right? And you can't, you can't predict it. Yeah. It's just that, I don't know, maybe that day she just happened to be inspired. Like whatever it is. Yes. <laughs> Who knows? Yeah. And Michael has those, like he has some interviews that are like straight fire and it could be just like how his day went it could be how his morning went like you said he could just Mm -hmm. felt inspired because a lot of these people are asking a lot of the same questions Mm -hmm. across the podcast um and then some days he's got like these like super fire like answers and i also think it depends on the interviewer yeah no that's i was gonna say they ask similar questions but the chemistry Mm -hmm. and also Yes, the, the broad questions are similar. Yeah. But the best interviewers are the ones that are able to take an answer and kind of do an audible and like ask more specific questions around that. Yes. That wasn't in the books, like to begin with. Exactly. And it's very clear, like if an interviewer is prepared, yeah. if they like have their Just, shit together. So something I've learned along the way is like most of like the legit interviewers do not need a pre-call. Mm-hmm. Like the best people that have like interviewed Michael don't need 30 minutes or an hour it's before like the, the interview. That are like, yeah, can we talk beforehand? Yes. <laughs> yeah, like can we talk beforehand so I can, I mean, sometimes they're trying to sell you something. Sometimes it's mm. like, Oh, really? Trying, yeah, like they're trying to get something from Michael. Like, oh. um, and I'm not saying they're all like that, but mm-hmm. we've learned along the way. So anyone who's out there like trying to get on podcasts mm-hmm. from our experience, we've learned. Because sometimes that first meeting is the most magical one. Like, yeah, because you don't know what's going to happen. And that's uh, like the best I think some of the best podcasts that Michael's done is the one are the ones that the interviewers like, all right, I'm going to go ahead and hit record. Mm-hmm. One of his best ones, believe it or not, was a gal on the phone. It was just on her phone. And she was like, all right, I'm going to go ahead and start recording this met this phone conversation. Like as soon as she picked mm-hmm. up, it was like, okay, I'm gonna start recording our call. Is it cool? Yep. <laughs> okay. And like it's it's probably because those are the ones that are um the most present. Like they're you know, they they don't have an agenda, they're just relaxed. Um and and they haven't asked, they they're like you like what you just said, it's like they they just um 
they're, they're finding out the information like the same time the audience is. So if you have these pre-calls, mm-hmm. you don't, the magic. It's more authentic. Yeah. Like it's, it's real. Their reaction is like in real time versus if you're trying to set it up and stage what you're going to talk about. I mean, it's just like mm-hmm. what we do, right? Like, like the 30 seconds before we hit record, There's I was that- like, Hey, what are we going to talk about? <laughs> You know that there's a girl, um, fuck, I forgot her name. Let me look her up. She was on that movie uh, with Robert De Niro, Dirty Grandpa. Uh, what? Aubrey Plaza. Do, have you heard of Aubrey Plaza? No, you, this is where my cool factor is like, you uh, know everyone. <laughs> I'm like, no, I don't know that person. No, I don't know. I don't know everyone, but she's like, uh, she's in a lot of those like Seth Rogen movies. Like there's like those, these clicks, right? In the comedy world. Yeah. Like Seth Rogen, like all those guys, like Paul Rudd and all those 40 year old Mm -hmm. version guys, they're kind of like a click. And then you have another click with like Steve Carell and all those guys. Yeah. Well, which I'm going to go back to right now. Remind me later, because I want to talk about that too. But Aubrey Plaza, she's... (laughs) Like, I love her because she's so fucking awkward. Like, when you watch movies, she's so fucking awkward, but in a way that it's so real. Like, Is uh, she awkward on purpose? So, uh, I don't know. I mean, I don't, I don't know her personally, oh, but okay. <laughs> I, I saw one of the interviews. So, if you go on YouTube, right, because I'm obsessed with her. If you search Aubrey, <laughs> Aubrey Plaza on YouTube... There's like all these videos that are saying like Aubrey Plaza is like the most awkward guest ever, right? So mm-hmm. when she goes on Letterman or she goes on like the Today Show or whatever it is, she's so fucking awkward. And I saw her interview. Uh, there's this one YouTube channel that I watch. It's called Off Camera. Mm-hmm. And he just does like these interviews with actors and directors and stuff like that. She was on it. And that show is not pre-scripted at all. They don't do... Because, you know, today's show, tonight's show, all those shows, what they do is they rehearse everything, every answer, every... So you know exactly yeah. what you're supposed to say before you actually go on, right? Yeah. And that's what exactly she said. She said, I can't, I can't do this thing where we rehearse all the answers and pretend like it's the first time I heard it and pretend like it's the first time I'm saying it. Like, that's what makes her so awkward. <gasps> oh. Because in that interview with, uh, in, off camera, she wasn't awkward she at was- all. She was, she was very normal. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I yeah. feel like I would be like that if I was Me like, too. if I had to rehearse something and act like, a, like it's so cringy for me. <laughs> I know. Like, <laughs> even um, if nobody and, else knows, the fact that I know it. it yeah, that would make me little, super awkward. Yeah. <laughs> and weird. And like Michael gets that way because that was the way it was with PR when he was being like trained, right? It was like, mm-hmm. yeah, these exactly. are, here's like the biggest thing we learned from the media training. So I'll go ahead and spill the beans. You guys yeah, don't have to spend thousands of dollars. Give us, give us a secret. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to spend thousands of dollars on PR training. Here was the thing I walked away from that meeting and that training with. The, the number one thing was, So, and it all makes sense. So when people ask you question, like you don't rehearse answers to each question that you could be asked because that's millions of like different Mm -hmm. combinations of questions, right? You rehearse the seven answers and that's it. 
So Michael would be like, so what if they ask me this? Doesn't matter. You use one of your seven answers, whichever one of your seven answers that best fits in there. Just use that one. Oh, like, really? so instead How of rehearsing, <clears throat> so like, for example, we were prepping for all these book interviews, right? So the, th- he had an answer about the three principles. Mm-hmm. He had an answer about why he wrote the book. So his why about the book, like there were like literally like seven different categories of broad answers that would be suitable for mo- the majority of questions he got asked. Mm-hmm. And or you can like redirect it that way. He can, exactly. And then that's exactly where I was going to go. And then Michael was like, well, what if it's something I don't really want to answer? Or if, mm-hmm. if I don't, what if that doesn't answer it, answer the question? And she was, you know, they were just like that. That's what happens in interviews. And they had a bunch of examples of where you see the interview, mm-hmm. the interviewer ask one question and the interviewee kind of answer it. Um, not really. But, but not I really. feel like that. I, I almost feel like that's, that holds you back in my opinion. Yeah. I it feel does. like that kind of holds you back from being a star. Um, I think so too. It's the safer way, right? Cause you've got your rehearsed yeah, yeah, answers. Exactly. Yeah. So that's what they were like training him to do was like, here, these are your guardrails that you stay. But why do you staying. think that is? What, what does that prevent? Like, or what does that do? What benefit does that bring? I guess. Well, I think for someone like Michael who can get lost in what they're, if they don't have a very clear message, Mm -hmm. like not that he doesn't have a clear message, but like if you're not super clear and have the ability to be succinct, you may like, that you may say things, A, you may lose the But I think it can be a combination of things. Like if they ask about the three principles, right? Or they ask about the book or they ask your hero's journey story, you can have the same answer for those. But if they ask you something else outside of that, I think you should still be able to answer that. And yeah, you know, that's cause like, I understand, I know what you mean, right? It's like, I don't know where I heard this from, but it's better to say one thing a hundred times than a hundred thing once like in mm-hmm. marketing, because a lot of people, they feel like, Oh, if I tell this story, right that they go on another show, they feel like they can't tell it again because, oh, yeah. I already told that story, right? But right. you're talking to a different audience. Yeah. <laughs> That's why you have to tell the same story over and over and over again. Yeah. And I think a lot of people are afraid of, oh, like he's saying the same shit. I already heard this before. But that fear is what's stopping them from saying the same thing over again. But that's yeah. actually what you need to do. That's what you need to do, yeah. Um, but I think you can... those. Those questions that are like off, like that throws you off. I think those are actually can be gold. You know what I mean? I think so too. And I think we have found that like in podcasts, you have more freedom. Mm-hmm. He was really being trained for That's true. like TV like this, or like seven minute segments. Yeah. The very <laughs> short, like we don't have time to BS around. Mm-hmm. Like you better have your answer. Mm-hmm. Um. And I, th- I think that's just why we've, we figured out, like, he's better suited for podcasts but you know, where he can don't tell work. a story. I, I've, seen, I've seen people get way more um, opportunities and exposure and sales when they're on a podcast 
than if they're yeah. on the Today Show, Agreed. for example. Because like it's too, you're like it's too general. You get like too yeah, it's too general. You don't have enough time to go in depth, and you're lucky if anyone remembered your name. Yeah. Like it. Like if everyone that's watching Doctor Phil is like, you know, like moms that are at home, like stay at home, like it's it's the audience that's probably not gonna buy your you know marketing yeah. course. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Right, because those but people go, are working. Yeah, <laughs> it doesn't matter how many like tens of millions of viewers he has. It's better to go on a podcast that has hundred thousand subscribers that just yes. talks about marketing than you're yes. specifically talking talking to your audience. You know exactly, exactly. And we talk, like I underappreciated that I think mm-hmm. to begin with. Um, That's why but- podcast um like for ads. I think some of the best way to get like ad money is through podcasts because. And they get like the highest conversion. And that's why like all this company, like they, they, I mean, I'm sure like you've, you've seen this like VPN companies or Quip or like you see these companies that are like always on Joe Rogan podcast. Every podcast you watch, they're like talking about it. Yeah. They're getting shit load of sales because like the difference is like when you're on Instagram, you're flicking, flipping through. This is just one person out of the thousand people that you're following. It's just a blip. You know what I mean? You don't have a strong connection with them. YouTube is a little bit better because you're watching these five, 10 minute videos. But on a Mm -hmm. podcast, you're investing an hour, two hours to listen to this guy Mm -hmm. because you're a true fan. That means whatever he says to buy, you're going to probably buy. (laughs) That's true. That's true. I never, oh my gosh, I'm going to, I never thought about it that way. You can see it. <laughs> Did you look up to see if that dot com is available? Oh no, let me look it up right now. <laughs> Go like, dot com. <laughs> like, I love that you put that on the end of your um, videos. Now, oh that is God, your that thing. One, that really works. Oh, it's not available. <laughs> oh well. Did you put, I never thought of it that way? Yeah. Maybe if I just take out I, no, it's not available. Sometimes people say, I never thought of it like that. Oh yeah. Never thought of it like that. That works. But I feel like you, for me, getting very nitpicky, it's like you have this like different way that you're coming at it. Way is better. Way is better because it's like, oh. Maybe I can buy it from from the owner. Yeah. Yeah, so that's one, like, people started commenting that on my comments. And that's where I got the idea. If if I were to sit there and try to come up with the tagline, I would have probably come up with something that doesn't resonate with anyone or whatever. Yeah. But when you actually listen to people, that's where where the best shit is going to come from. I know, man. So cool. And my my conversion rate went up a lot. I mean, I don't really check that, but I just happened to check it because I was curious. Like if I never thought of it like that actually made a difference. Your and conversion rate on using it where? As your tagline? So like if I have like, yeah, if I have a thousand profile visits, how many followers uh-huh. actually get out of that? Like <clears throat> how many people come to my profile and then hit the follow button, right? 
Uh-huh. And that on that post, it was like 35%. So if, if 100 people come to my profile from that post. Wow, you got 35 new followers. 35 new people will follow. That's, that was the highest I've ever, that was the highest out of any post that I've had. What was the post content? It was, it was something that'll make you say, I never thought of it that way. Was it the Joe, was it not the Joe Rogan, but the Seth Rogan one? We talked about no, like, no, it wasn't that one. My videos actually like are shit. They don't do well. And that's really? another thing, right? Like if that same video was on YouTube, that'll probably be a different story. But it's because yeah. when people are on Instagram, they're in a different mindset. They're not there they're, to watch a 60 second video. So it's like the carousels do better. Yeah. My carousels yeah. do the best. Cause they're just trying to flick through, I guess. So. Single posts do even better, but they, you can't jam pack like information into a single post. Yeah. Most do you ever read? Do you do single posts? Just quotes. Ah, Qu- but see quotes. I don't know for us. They, I like, found that they, quotes are useless cause they, they do might a lot. Reach, yeah. But they don't convert, they but they don't convert. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, they don't convert, but people will share them. Yeah. We have gotten a few followers from actually we've gotten um a pro a society member oh, from really? uh one of your followers. Yeah. That's the best. Yeah. Um <laughs> he just oh so yeah joined. Before when I was talking about click, that's another that's what I wanted to get into. Oh yeah. So, <clears throat> and it's related to PR because um most podcast guests. Most like um, people that are on press, like things like that, they don't get in. They don't get in because like some PR agent reached out to and did a business development. It doesn't happen like that. It's, it happens because there's clicks out there, right? So what I was saying is like, oh, yeah. there's a Steve Carell click, right? Where they're all all of his movies are always going to be the same people, and then there's like, with what's his name, the guy from the the, the Unite show. That replaced Jay Leno, Stephen Colbert, like that, uh, there's like a group of Jimmy Fallon. No, 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 Stephen Colbert. Oh yeah, yeah. <clears throat> like so, it's because those guys all like started out together, like whether mm-hmm. in like the improv, like whatever the improv group or whatever it is, they knew each other since they were nobodies. Okay. Yeah. And then like. If you look at the swingers guys, right? Like um, John Favreau and like, who's that tall guy? Like I'm so bad with names, but anyway, there, there's a click there that that started out when when they were they were friends when there were nobodies, and then like um, Seth Rogen and the guy who directed Forty Year Virgin, those guys were also together, like mm-hmm. way back, right before like Freaks and Geeks. Yeah. So. There's like these clicks even in Hollywood. And they these clicks started forming when they were really small, when there were nobodies. If you look at like even my clients, right? Like Gabby Bernstein, um, like Marie Folio, Lewis House, Jay Shetty, they all know each other. They're all friends in real life. But they knew each other, a lot of them knew each other when they were nobodies. When they were when they, trying to like yeah, build this, yeah. Exactly. Like when they even before they had their first course, you right. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, and there's even clicks within different clicks that merge 
between like because like like Gabby and Mel Robbins might not be in the same clique of people, but there's somebody like in between, like like Tom Bilio, who who knows both Mel Robbins. So. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So there's like these different cliques and they kind of like mesh like overlap with each other. So some like, but there's clearly cliques that, that are close to each other. And unless you start getting into those cliques, you're never gonna get to that. And that's what I realized. So, so many people think that they can do this alone, that they can get enough followers, they can get enough this, and they can get, but it's just not going to happen. Like what you have to do is you, you have, and, and there's clicks being formed right now. Like there's like Marie Folio's B-School has a group of people that the one tier below her, who's like, like now up and coming. And some of them are like maybe in the click. Some of them are on their own in their own click. And then there's a click below that and below that. So there's mm-hmm. all these multiple communities. And then there's ones that are starting out, like like for example, like let's say Marie Folio ten years ago, when right. she was a nobody. There's there's clicks being formed right as we speak, in the bottom of the chain. That ten years from now they're going to be huge. Mm-hmm. So somehow you have to find those clicks and you have to. Uh, Get, in, get involved in the community. Unless you're in that community, you're not going to grow. You're not going to get on podcasts. You're, none of those are things are going to happen because everybody that's on Jay Shetty's podcast is like his friend, friend of a friend. Same thing with Lewis House. Like it's all like that. Yeah. So, well, and that's what's happened like with us and the referrals. Yeah. Like, that's what I was going to say. Yeah. Yeah. Like, oh, Hey, you need to go be on this podcast or this podcast, mm-hmm. or you would love this person because the people that Michael really connects with are people of similar mindset and believe in his philosophy. And so then yeah. you find that community. Personal, yeah. yeah. And that's what, that's what I noticed too. Like some big people might not necessarily be like in this clique because their personality is different, but they have a different clique of people that think like that. Yes. You know? Yeah. And, and that's why I, I don't think there's really like, you can't expect too much from a PR company because they're not gonna, you have to build those relationships yourself. You can't yeah. pay somebody to build those relationships for you. No, because, but uh, I, I would agree that like when you do use a PR firm, like you're really just paying mm. for their relationships. Yeah, that's what I like, would do. Like that you're just paying for who has the most relationships um, with the people that are best. But you still have to make the relationship afterwards. Yeah. Once you you get the intro. Once you get the intro. Yeah. But, but all they're doing is connecting you Mm -hmm. to their friend that's doing them a favor and Mm -hmm. wants to meet you like the friend of a friend. That's what I think that's, this is kind of like, Something that I think a lot of people don't talk about mm-hmm. is that when you grow a personal brand, when you're trying to create a course, like they think that a lot of it has to do with them, right? Like how, how good the course is, like how good there's, but no. 90% of it actually has to do with who do you, who you know, and <laughs> are you I in this? Yeah. As cliche as that sounds, right? Uh, like it's all about who you know. No, it is. Uh, it is all about who you know. Uh, it is. Um, your message is a, little bit of that like but my message very small well i'm just saying like 
I, I mean, like whatever message you're carrying is like maybe two percent and then oh yeah no that, that, okay so don't get me wrong like you still need to have a good course you have to have good product yeah. you have to have a good message you have to have you have to have the personality you have to have all of that but there are millions of people that have all of that yeah that's the problem that's the problem is there's a, yeah so the who you know is going to be the differentiator and yeah. helping you get and the reason why i'm saying there. this is because i'm one of those people that are like oh i can do this by myself like i don't i don't appreciate community as much like i told you on the last episode right like i yeah. i'm very self-dependent and that that's kind of what i'm starting to realize over the past couple of years is that you know there are a million other people who are talented, million other, like, and I even yeah. saw that in my own business, right? I always thought that, oh, if I just fucking make amazing design, amazing websites, my work, like, this is what creatives say, my work speaks for itself. Like, no, it fucking doesn't. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. There's your knowledge bomb for the day. <laughs> Like so we, some people need like every creative needs like a little button of sun <laughs> that they can just play for that. No, it fucking doesn't. Okay, thanks for the reminder, son. Yeah, I mean, I and I, I have a lot of. Uh, I tend to attract people. My audience, like, I tend to attract people that are like me, obviously, because that's how every everybody attracts audience that are like them. Yeah. So I tend to have a lot of followers or audience that are also like that, right? They, they do phenomenal work. They, they're very smart. But throughout my whole career, that's happened, right? Like, I'm always like, oh, my work is so much better than that guy's. Why is he, why, how did he get that project? And then I did it. Yes. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yes. No, I totally get what you mean. Because we like, even from our perspective, like we'll see people charging five times what we do yeah. for a much yeah shittier product. who's not as good yeah who's not as good yeah. like we believe that you know michael and what he's doing is exceptional compared to what they're doing and we're just like how are they making mm. how are they doing it yeah um and it's the relationship so and i always yeah. used to like dismiss that part i'm like uh i don't want to be this like fake PR person that are like just going to all these fucking networking parties and you know having these fake conversations but you don't have to because a lot of people mm -hmm. that I like, like a lot of my clients they they are actually genuinely friends with these people right <laughs> you know what you I just mean? have to find the right people I guess yeah it has to be yeah. the right it has to be the right people um because if it's a bunch of people that you don't connect with or yeah it's not the right community then yeah it's going to be miserable and surface that's exactly it. You just and not a lot of fun. Don't th think of it as oh, I need to go to these networking parties, whatever. Just think of it as I need to find people that are like me, and mm -hmm. just really, you know, build communities. And and I've I've kind of now on Instagram, I actually feel it because it's it's one of those things where you say you know it, okay, but then when you actually do it, you really get it. Like you you feel it. And what's happening, and that's that's also another reason why I can't teach something that I haven't done myself. Like, mm -hmm. like I, but I think once I've done it, my my skill is somehow taking that experience that I've done. I feel in my bones, 
and somehow teaching it to someone else. Because I think that's what most people are good bad in. They they might have done it themselves, but they don't really know how to explain it so that somebody else can understand it. Yeah. You know. But I think it's because they haven't they don't appreciate the struggle. Yeah. Very few people appreciate the struggle. So like if you can't, for example, if you are someone who really struggled to learn how to ski, (laughs) then they can't put themselves in the when they first started. Strugglers, yes. Like so someone that really struggles to learn how to ski is going to be able to teach someone better better. than someone who just like put on a pair of skis and like did it. Um, just did did it, which I'm sure there's people are out there, but like Tiger Woods is probably not great (laughs) at teaching people how to golf. Like I would not. That's why Michael Jordan was such a bad coach. Like, (laughs) right. Like I'm not going to ask MJ how to play basketball because he's just going to be like, I don't know. I don't get it. Why you suck so bad. Yeah. You suck. I don't know what to tell you. Um, just play better. <laughs> just play better. Like, um, it's one of the reasons that actually like Michael, like I very naturally um, am in tune with my body and can like lift weights and do proper form just by someone like telling me what to do. And so it just comes very naturally, like knowing how to do that with proper form. Michael really struggles. Cause I'll be like, what are you doing? Like, stop doing that. Like I, I have the hardest time trying to teach him because he, he, his mind body connection isn't. Cause you can't relate to knowing. how. I can't relate to not knowing like, okay, you should feel that in your bicep. Like, do you not feel that in your bicep? He's like, I don't know what that means. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So yeah, if you, if you can appreciate the struggle or can remember what that struggle was yeah. like, then it's easier. That's to why I think teach. It's, it's good to attract. So for, for Michael, he can probably teach that because he struggled with it. Right. So other people who struggle with it. Right. So that's why it's so important to be authentic. And you're going to attract other people that are that struggle with the same thing you struggle with. Mm-hmm. Which is like, for me, it's that, right? Like building communities. Um, like when I, now that I've been on Instagram for five months and I see how it is and I feel it. One of those things I see is like, yeah, like 99% of those people in the community, I have no desire to be friends with them. But there is that 1% of people that I connect with and I talk to them on, you know, whether on DM or Zoom or whatever it is. Right. It, they're so like me. It's mind boggling to me because some of these people live in like Brazil or they live in like countries that don't even, they barely even speak English. Mm-hmm. But they're so like me that I don't even have people like that in my real life friends that are like that, that are so close to me like that in terms of personality and things like that. Right. So that's interesting. It has me thinking about like, okay, what is that one thing that connects you? Because like, think about the 12 steps and like the program, right? Like sponsorship. Mm-hmm. Like that is because they, cause Michael's So you're trying to find you're trying to find group of people that are like each other. Yeah. Because like my, like the reason that Michael connects so much with an addict is because he's been there uh, and yeah. he knows that struggle. He know and, and like what connects him, whether it's someone that. And I is, bet you addicts ha- share some sort of a personality trait. 
Well, they share, like, there's so, there's that commonality of like, Hmm. just, yeah, either personality trait or whatever, like that addiction thing that no matter what they do, no matter where in the world they are, no matter. Addictive personality. Yeah. No matter what job they do, no matter all these external factors don't matter, but they're able to connect on this one single thing. And it's like, they weren't strangers Hmm. ever at all. And it's like this amazing connection. And it sounds very similar to what you're talking about. It's like, there's this one, there's something, it's even hard to- It's like what we just said about that if we rehearse an interview and we try to do it, that's just like, we can't do that because we feel so awkward. Like not everybody's like that, you know? Yeah, yeah. There's there's something about our personality that, something that we have similar in our personality that makes both of us like that. Yeah. I'm just curious, like, just curious what that is. Like, why? I bet like, you it's like uh, multiple things, though. Like, there's probably like hundreds of different personality traits within me. Mm-hmm. And with this one other person, maybe we have one thing in common out of those 200 or something. But with this other person, I might have like 150 things in common. Then I probably yeah. feel more closer because, I mean, I, I'm sure we're not like identically the same. Yeah. But it's like, I'm thinking about like, I don't, I don't like most people. Like I really don't <laughs> at all. <laughs> so, you need to meditate. Like, I, I need to meditate. You know what? It's just, you know, it's not that I don't like most people. That's probably the wrong word to use. It's that I just don't have genuine connection or want to talk to most people, but you are someone like, I'm like, okay, what is it about sun that makes me, I've asked Michael this before. I'm like, why do I like, like sun so much? Like, I really like sun. Oh. I want to be his friend. I want to talk to him. Um, so we I share just, something maybe we share. Yeah. So is there like, what is that thing that is draw the most that I, the, the thing that Michael and I've concluded is just that you're like an authentic person and that I, I know that I'm not getting a version of you. I'm getting like you, uh, which is easier for me to connect. That's with a personality a trait version. too. Yeah. Cause some people don't like that. <laughs> yeah. I think it just, it makes some people incredibly uncomfortable. Yeah. They like want me to are, be fake. <laughs> yeah. It makes like, isn't that interesting that like being ourselves can be so uncomfortable and make yeah. other people uncomfortable. Yeah. I, I see. I know what you mean, but I, I love that when somebody is like being uncomfortable and making everyone else feel awkward. I actually love that. <laughs> <laughs> it's the funniest thing. Do you ever call them out or you, do you just silently observe? Yeah, no, I, I call them out and I, I'm, I totally get authentic about it. And that's, that actually makes it less awkward mm-hmm. because like I, I'm, I, I struggle with that, right? All throughout my high school. Like, I try to learn how to be cool, right? I try to, how to, I like, what is the, so I'm, I'm always so obsessed with what's the social norm, right? So I don't mm-hmm. stand out or like, so if somebody does some, if, if some awkward situation happens, how do I, you know, how do I fix that situation, right? Like, mm. kind of like um, some sort of a social skill, right? Yeah. So, so that's why I think even though I'm an introvert, I'm not as awkward as other like geeks, like gamers. Who, like if I look at other programmers, like 
I started out as a programmer, right? If I look at other programmers, gamers, and things like that, they're so awkward. They just have zero social skills whatsoever. But I've learned that like through high school and college and stuff like that. But now what I do is like, you don't actually have to force it. Cause back then I tried to force that. I, I try to force it to make people feel comfortable and things like that. Yeah. But now I, you can actually just be authentic to make people feel comfortable. So or if somebody says it. like a weird joke, you can just try to ignore it and then like, you know, like let it, let it pass and then start a new subject. Or you could call them out on it and that actually makes it funnier and <laughs> more authentic. Like that was really weird. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. I mean, I get, I, I guess I can, I appreciate that in most people. It's like, do you do that in every setting though? Do you do that with like your clients? If your clients are being like super awkward? I try to do it as much as I can, but yeah, it's, if I had a choice, if I can control that, I probably would want to do it hundred percent of the time. 100%. But you know, I, I'm still human. So, you know, that, that fakeness like always creeps up, right? You're human. Yeah. I'm human. Uh, I would have never <laughs> I'm not a Martian. <laughs> hey, was that a little Wayne call out? <laughs> Granted, he's always saying I'm not a human. I'm a Martian. I, can't, I still can't way. believe that you're obsessed with little weight. Like yeah, that. I'm in the top three percent of Lil Wayne mute <laughs> listeners on Spotify. I mean, yeah. But then Michael so like burst my bubble. Elizabeth, Elizabeth is a super fan of Lil Wayne. <laughs> Lil Wayne. So Lil Wayne, if you want to have me on your podcast, which I found <laughs> out I have Apple Music for free on Verizon. I think it's on Verizon. Something that we get like. Apple Music free for a year. And I'm so excited because it now means I have access to Lil Wayne's podcast. <laughs> I, oh, it's only on Apple Music? It's only on Apple Music. Like you can listen to I've snippets. seen clips of it on YouTube, but yeah, you it can sounds watch amazing. Like when I watch those. So cool. Yeah. He's so, and he's really, really smart and he doesn't get. Yeah. But he doesn't credit. sound smart. Like the way he talks, that's the thing, right? Like. He sounds very like, like the words that he use, you know, if you just listen to him, you wouldn't think that he's smart. Right. But when you actually listen, really listen, like that guy is so smart. <laughs> I know. I know. There was this like funny thing he said about, uh, he was interviewing Eminem and Eminem was like, I, uh, sometimes I have to go back and like, look at like I'll write a really great verse he's like I have to google my own lyrics to make sure it's not something I've already said because oh, it's really? so good and Lil Wayne was like I have to do the same thing man because I'll write it and I'm like man that sounds really good but did I write that before like have I written that already <laughs> I was like wow that Struggles. What an interesting struggle is real. Struggle, struggle <laughs> of like a, a rapper, a really great rapper. Um, okay, but th this was something I was going to ask you that, that talking about being authentic, and I've seen you post um, 
things about this before, like where you say, like, if you're going to send me a DM, like, don't let the first thing you send me, like, be an ask, like, hey, uh-huh. do this, or hey, would you follow uh-huh. me, or hey, whatever. Uh-huh. So, like, we get messages all the time from these companies and people that it's clearly like a auto-generated email. Mm-hmm. Like, it's clearly auto-generated. You've tried to personalize it. Uh-huh. but you're asking like we got the, what made me think of it, think of it is we got one yesterday that was from a PR firm that okay. was basically like, let me be your PR firm. Um, and then at the bottom, it was like, PS, I love your Instagram. Like it was mm, so generic, <laughs> like, like so generic, so clearly trying to be personal, but wasn't. Mm-mm. And at the end of the day, it just like, Michael and I both were like, can we just like troll this person and like <laughs> respond back to them? We can just be like, like, seriously, dude, like this was the most inauthentic email ever. You probably get it all the time on LinkedIn, right? We get like, it LinkedIn all- is worse. Yeah. Oh, LinkedIn. So Michael actually wrote a post oh. yesterday or two oh. days ago about, is anyone sick and tired of getting invites of people that just want to fucking expand their network? Because I am. <laughs> Like every day, every day it'll be like, Hey, I saw your profile. Like there's at least two to three a day. Hey, I saw your profile. We look like we have similar interests. Mm -hmm. I'm expanding my network. Can Mm -hmm. we connect? And And it's like, uh, marketing works like that. Like they've somehow heard that, like, don't ask, don't, don't go over asking the first one, first build relationships. So now they come up with an automated (laughs) message that they think is going to build relationship. And it's just like on and on and on. Well, we actually, in one of our email sequences, we Mm -hmm. put in there like, and Michael, Michael's so good about this kind of stuff, but he put in there a line that says, yes, this is an auto generated Mm -hmm. email, but I want you to know, I actually do read every single response. Uh, Um, But I think he said, yeah, like, cause it was like asking for his feedback, like asking for Mm -hmm. feedback or something. Um, and he's just like, okay, let's, let's be real. This is an auto-generated email, yeah, yeah, yeah. but, but you can, for me, I can always tell when, cause there are certain people that I know is just, I rather you not respond back to me than respond back to me with an automated email. Right. Cause there are certain people that like, I would never expect to respond, but they respond, but it's like an auto-generated and like, I just completely lose respect. And there are certain yeah. people that I don't expect to re- respond. A respond and they don't respond but maybe like months later they respond yeah and that actually like because it's personal yeah it makes me feel more connected because uh, this this is real yeah they actually wrote me an email back yeah Mm -hmm. um i don't know that's just a side note on how annoying it is to get these i guess that it's kind of like this right When it comes to sales, right? I feel like right now we're at a place because it's, we've never lived in a world like this before where like we can literally be connected to anyone like across the globe, like in an instant, like such an easy way that before I think when that connection was so hard, every opportunity you get to meet or talk to somebody, you're going to ask for the sale and, and, that person is not getting bombarded, but like in a world like this, it's more mm-hmm. important to 
actually make real connections. So, you know, the, the whole like email like 2,000 people or, or like reach out to 2,000 people, you know, hoping to get like 10, 10 interviews on the podcast. Like, I feel like that doesn't work because like I said, because these people are all in, like, you're not going to be able to grow without the community that click. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So it's more important to actually like focus, like pick those 20 people that you really connect with mm-hmm. and consistently reach out to them and become friends with them first. And that's kind of going back to what I was saying about how I feel it now, now in Instagram. And now I, now I really know it before I was hearing like, oh yeah, it's all about who you know, who you know, like that's become a cliche, right? Like, yeah. oh, it's about who you know. No, duh. like you're the first one to person to tell me that. <laughs> That's but another I... button on the sun <laughs> button. <laughs> Duh. Duh. But now I feel it, right? And as cliche it is, what I've done is I've reached out to people that I really actually like the content. I feel like this person has some similarity or this person is not like everybody else, right? Yeah. And I would have genuine conversations with them. And sometimes like I'll be DMing them for like two hours. Wow. And, and I built real relationships like this. Yeah. On Instagram and only with like handful of people. It was, it's not like hundreds of people. It's maybe like 20, mm-hmm. 30 people. Right. But those 20, 30 people, I don't think I could have grown without those 20, 30 people. Mm-hmm. I guess that's what I'm saying. Because yeah. That's that's my IG click. <laughs> right, right. And you establish like real connection, real mm-hmm. community. And that's I, what the intent of social media was. Yeah. Not to try and like trick the algorithm. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> so we like, just need to use social media the way it was intended the, to use. The way it was to be intended to be used was not to sell or do any of these things. It was to like Built to leverage this amazing ability to connect with mm-hmm. anyone around the world in an instant. Mm-hmm. And if you use it the way it was intended, then you're going to grow. Yeah, exactly. So I guess you can everyone, also. Everyone who thinks that like their work speaks for itself. Like, <laughs> it's uh, you, you need to, you need to be part of a community. There's, there's no way you can yeah. grow without it. Duh. Duh. <laughs> like, for example, like, Michael is kind of part of that community of, like, recovering addicts, right? And yeah. that's that's his people. And those people yeah. are the ones that are going to help him grow. Yep, exactly. Um, and that's where he has the bet, like, the deepest connection because of that similarity we talked about, mm-hmm. that addict thing, the thing that connects him, like where he can go to a meeting in, you know, a 12-step meeting in a different country mm-hmm. and feel connected with the stranger mm-hmm. sitting next to him. Mm-hmm. And it really like, and you, you never know because some of these people that I'm talking to, maybe they're small right now, but like five years from now, they can they can be like the next Gary V. They could like, yeah. cause like, it's so funny how it works like that. When you're in that community, they grow together, right? So, 
like Lewis House, Murray Folio, all those guys were nobodies, but they were still friends. Yeah. But it's so funny how all of them are huge now, right? Why is it yeah. that not just one of them are huge? Why is it that every single one of them are huge? It's, it's because they help each other grow. Like yeah. they, It's because every time Murray launches a course, every time Amy Porterfield launches a course, yeah. all of her friends are going to be like, hey, go buy her course. Exactly. Or they're partnering together and then they're yeah. like doing things together. Buy this course and I'll give you this course for free. Right. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah, I hope uh I hope everyone got that clear and <laughs> go start making connections. Yeah. I hope you start make, making some genuine connections. First and foremost with me and son. And <laughs> yes. Michael. And Michael. <laughs> if you haven't checked out Michael That's is way, way cooler. Yeah. Start with Michael. <laughs> It's way cooler. Way than smarter me. and way cooler. Way, way smarter. Like, yeah, unbelievably smart. And us. Yeah. I don't know. The, he's, he, he's like, for someone that never like graduated from college, he's a pretty smart dude. But the smartest people never graduate. Like, Steve Jobs didn't graduate from college. Oh, that's true. <laughs> but like, but you know what, Steve? Yeah, I guess Steve was like, he was like a different kind of smart because he, I don't well, know. Well, you know why people, smart people don't graduate from college? It's because they think college is stupid. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Michael thinks school is stupid in general. <laughs> like yeah. two years into college, they're like, oh, fuck, this is so stupid. I'm not learning shit from here. I'm yeah. my time. But he will learn if something is like relevant, like to what he's trying to do in the moment, like right then, then he will spend hours like reading, like researching, trying to I, learn it. And I'm sure you're like that too. Yeah. But, but I see, I also like enjoyed school to some degree. Oh, <laughs> yeah. But I think it was just, I didn't enjoy the process. I just enjoyed, it was just a means to an end. Kind of like mm -hmm. we talked about last time, like I got the letters after my name. I got to say mm -hmm. I have this degree, I have this or that. Um, like climbing the mountain so you can get to the top. Yeah, which is a, You're it's not about a mountain, like it's a hamster wheel. It's not a mountain. <laughs> <laughs> let's, let's be clear. That's, that's what they make you think it is. They, like that, they, that once you graduate, a, you're going to be. <laughs> yeah, it's a hamster. It's a mountain that looks like a hamster wheel. <laughs> or wait, no, it's a hamster wheel. That it's looks a hamster like a wheel that looks, yeah. Until you yeah. get to the top, you realize that. Yeah, it's a <laughs> facade. No top. <laughs> yeah, there is no top. You just keep going, man. Keep going. You'll never reach the top. Sorry, I'm bursting everyone's <laughs> bones today. <laughs> but I, it's hard for me that. to say, like, I want to tell everybody, like, just quit school. But it's hard for me to say, because if I was in school, like, is it really that easy to quit school, right? Like, I mean, now looking back, yes. But it, when you're actually there, yeah. you feel a little bit of FOMO. Like, oh, if I don't have a degree, I'm probably not going to be able to get, I don't have a backup plan and all that yeah. shit. Exactly. Exactly. And I don't know. Like, for me, it, it all worked out the way it was supposed to. Um. I'm glad you enjoy doing what you're doing better than 
like when you were working at a hospital? Son, yes. <laughs> yes, I don't like having people tell me what to do. Mm-hmm. And so, like, I... I think a lot of people hate are that. Like that. <laughs> within, within like the first, but some people like like the security and the structure that comes. Actually, no, you're right. Most people actually that. love being told what to do. That's why, well, like, when we go, when I go camping with, because me and my team, we do like the annual camping trip and annual ski trips and all of, or or I always always do these kind of big group trips with friends and stuff like that. Yeah. Whenever we're in a group situation. And I, I don't know if you noticed, but when you're on vacation and you're, you're on a group tour or something like that, right? Whenever something new happens, nobody ever wants to be the first. Nobody wants to lead, right? They're all mm-hmm. waiting to be told what to do, right? Exactly. Like, exactly. That always happens. So I think majority of people actually loves being told exactly what to do so they don't have to think about it. That's what we've learned in in the program that we've built with Michael. And I have to totally tell him that all the time. It's like, you can't leave it open-ended. You have to tell everyone, this is exactly the process to Mm -hmm. do. Mm -hmm. There can't be any room for interpretation because people are paying you to tell them what to do because they clearly can't do it themselves. Michael thinks that because he likes, he doesn't like being told what to do. (laughs) He thinks other people don't like being told what to do. Well, or that they will just know, like they should just know. Well, no, no, they don't fucking know. That's why they need you to tell them what to do. They're paying you you to tell them. um, That's why call to actions work. It's like, oh, obviously you're going to go buy it. (laughs) But no, they don't. Exactly. So tell me what to do. Um, so yeah, I don't, I hate being told what to do. Um, yeah. I'm actually learning a lot about that when I just recently, like we launched this uh, teacher's course for Baptiste. It's a yoga mm-hmm. teacher's course. But when I went through the whole program, it's actually a lot about, a lot of it also applies in real life, teaching anything. It doesn't have to be yoga. Right. Yeah. And that's kind of what I realized. It's so important. Like, being clear in your directions and being intentional in every step of the way have making people feel like they know exactly what the itinerary is next step of about is so important so important yeah. <laughs> they want that man people crave it yeah and yeah me on the other hand yeah i don't want the agenda i don't want your yeah. itinerary tell We're me what tell me what the <laughs> yeah tell me what the outcome is that you're looking for yeah. And I'm going to figure out how to get there, but I don't need like do this. Like I'm someone that I always like did not follow directions, always like effed up in math because there's like, you know, there's like a, you're supposed to follow the formula exactly. Mm-hmm. Like you're supposed to multiply before you add like, okay, like I know. So you have to show your work. Yeah. Yeah. Like the <laughs> rules, yeah. like I always hated that. I'm someone yeah. that'll like start at the end of a test instead of the the beginning <laughs> and like Why i don't such know a rebel <laughs> i don't know but you know what if like there are things that i appreciate like wearing a seat belt i'm all about mm-hmm. wearing a seat belt because that makes sense that rule totally makes sense because mm-hmm. it's gonna keep me safe it's gonna keep my family safe <laughs> but if i don't understand the value <laughs> I know. you're the problem you're the reason why it's hard for like governments and organizations to set because like 
the way you make things efficient is by setting a process and everybody just following their process, right? And right. as soon as like majority of people stop following their process, it doesn't work anymore. <laughs> Me and you are the reason why processes don't work. <laughs> Because there's probably a better way. Probably whatever process uh, the government set up is the most yeah. like. We're the ones that walk into DMV like, oh, this shit is stupid. Like, why do I have to do it? <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I am that person. Like, this is the most inefficient process ever. But I think if, if everybody was like that, I think it'll work. If everybody can think on their feet and quick make quick decisions and just be smart, it'll work. <laughs> but in a world where like most people are, just wanting to follow rules and follow process, it's not going to work because, you know, like, like, for example, when you're like in New York City, right? Like, what's so annoying is that, you know, like cab drivers, like, if there's like, everybody's waiting in line, and then mm -hmm. there's like, one lane open here where people are supposed to park, like, you, I'll see a cab, like, just cut everybody and go all the way to the front, right? And then everybody else starts doing that. And it just like fucks everything up, right? <laughs> so, those people. but yeah. if everybody's smart enough to know that it has to be first come, first serve in order for it to do that, then it'll work. But as soon as like there's that one rule breaker or whatever it is, <laughs> it's, it's not going to work. So uh, it's, I, don't, I don't know. Yeah. I don't even know if that makes sense, actually. No, it does. It does. <laughs> like any kind of traffic, like when you've got that one person who like, that's a perfect analogy, like, or metaphor. I never know if it's analogy or metaphor, but like, <laughs> like the one person who Fs it up for everybody. I think, it's analogy. Uh, I think I this one is more of an example. <laughs> it's neither oh, metaphor okay. or analogy. Whoops. <laughs> <laughs> Duh. I need my sun button. Duh. <laughs> Like I do want like on this mixing board, I want to be able to put like little like sun. Board. Yeah, I want to be like little sunisms that I can like play. <laughs> like during the like when we're on the like a radio, like, like a radio show. Like yes. A, <laughs> I need the sun sunisms. My game. One day we'll like, get there. Game over. I told you game I want a whole Yeah. Once you get their email, game over. <laughs> <laughs> okay um there's just like there's so many like sunisms that i want to put on a wall or somebody started brain. doing that like somebody took like one guy on instagram started like collecting quotes from people mm -hmm. he's, he said he's gonna start posting it and then like another guy took a quote that uh, something that i said on the instagram live that i don't even remember <laughs> and then like Created it to a quote I posted on Instagram. <laughs> Man, do you feel like a celebrity? I mean, no. <laughs> I, feel, I feel like a fake celebrity. <laughs> a fake celebrity. That's awesome. So, well, what's our uh, conclusion? Uh, what's your thing about? Oh, for PR, like the best PR you can get is through your own community, like through your own community, building relationship with yeah. communities. Yeah. Yeah. And you, That's you're never gonna, part. yeah. You're, you you'll never get there. Yeah. You'll never get there alone. Like you, you can't, yeah, you can't pay your way there. You just mm -hmm. have, yeah. And so if you're an introvert, I'm an introvert and I'll still be able to meet people and 
build my little small circle of click of yep. other introverts. <laughs> yep. Same here. I'm an introvert too. Yeah. So, so Michael, possible. Michael is supposedly an introvert. He says, Oh, Michael's he definitely an introvert because like the way, way you can tell is like, um, cause you know, introvert and extrovert has actually has nothing to, nothing to do with like being shy or outgoing. Okay. It has to do with, uh, like your sensory, like introverts notice everything. Like they're, they're more sensitive to their senses are more sensitive. Mm. <laughs> so like if you go outside and there's a lot of people, like they're constantly getting overloaded. Like if there's a lot of noise or whatever it is, they notice everything. Right. So because, oh. because of that, their brains are constantly just like going, like trying to process all this information. Okay. So they get tired fast when, when they go to a party or something like that. Yeah. Whereas in extroverts, their senses are much lower. So I have a friend who's like a super extrovert. And in New York City, like we'll go out and we'll walk. And I'm like, I'll see like some crazy guy doing something over here. And I'm like, dude, did you see that? And he's like, what, what, where, right? Like he doesn't notice anything. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, okay. So this makes a lot more sense. The naked guy could be walking across the street and he won't <laughs> notice it, right? Until you point it out. Right. So what ends up happening is, so he thrives on those sensory, like when he's at a party, like to him, it's like, that's what he needs, right? Otherwise he gets too bored, right? Because to him, it's like nothing's happening. Yeah. So what ends up happening is because we're like this, we don't like going to these parties. Those exhaust us. So we, throughout our entire life, we never learned the social skills. Do you know what I mean? So people, that's why people think we're shy, right? Mm. But when it comes to like one-on-one relationship and we're, cause we're so attentive, like we, we're, we can sense those emotions and all of that. We're actually better at building relationship much more than an extrovert, but because extroverts are out there and outgoing and you know, like they're, they always need to be around people. That's why people think that they're better at building relationship, but it's actually not true. Like Gigi's a super oh. extrovert and like we move into a new building. So like she, she already has like 20 friends right away, like in a week. Really? But the thing is, yeah. But she doesn't have as deep of a relationships that I have with my friends. Okay. Okay. This makes sense. You see, you're so wise, son. <laughs> you're so wise. You. I learned something today. <laughs> I've never, I didn't know that. Yeah. I mean, that totally, that makes sense. That makes sense. Cause because you're not a shy person. Like no introvert has nothing to do with shyness. So. Yeah. Okay. That, that makes sense. Like, but I do, I do notice everything. Like I get over, like if I'm at a restaurant, I can hear like the one person who's like tapping their fork <laughs> on their plate or something like across the room. So, exactly. So that what makes, that? So that, like, what is that sound? And my friend would be like, what, what sound? What sound? <laughs> yeah. I don't hear anything. Um, but yeah. Okay. Michael probably has a little, he's probably, is there like a scale? Yeah. It's like a, yeah, it's, it's not like black and white. It's yeah. There's like, like it's like yeah. a gradient. He's closer to extrovert, but than I am. Um, because there are moments where he's like, wait, what? Um, <laughs> and there's like certain traits that I noticed, like a lot of, a lot of people that I don't know if a lot of my followers are introverts, but a lot of people I talk to are introverts. 
on Instagram and they mm-hmm. like there are certain traits, right? They they tend to overthink. They're perfectionists. There there's a lot of like things uh, that yeah. that I have in common with them. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I can well, I'm telling you, people are surprised when I tell them I'm an introvert, but you can be an introvert and still build communities. You can still build those relationships. You can still, you know, join the community, all of those things. Yeah, exactly. So do that instead of hiring a PR agency. <laughs> do that. And you're welcome. We won't charge you for this episode. Yeah, this one's on us. This one's on us. <laughs> but we do have a course launching where you can learn all the secrets. Yeah. Just kidding. That's going to make you seven-figure income. Yes. <laughs> Overnight. You're going to make it like you'll be a millionaire tomorrow. But we don't have a, we don't have a private jet and Lamborghini in the back. So I don't know if they're going to believe us. (laughs) (laughs) I don't have like hundred dollar bills that I'm just paying myself and my child with. (laughs) (laughs) That would be hilarious. That would be hilarious. I'm going to make, I'm going to make WBW an outfit made of hundred dollar bills and that'll be our. <laughs> that'll do it because I just want to see that. <laughs> that will be our like advertisement. That, that's, you put you that on Instagram, baby. It'll go, it'll go viral. <laughs> Buy our course now. Swipe up for more details. <laughs> you want your baby to be like this? <laughs> do you want up. a million dollar baby? Swipe up. <laughs> by our course uh, we've been talking for a while now i know probably everyone's bored we went all over the place today but we do have our yeah. our our lesson for today so and i'm yeah. i really want a soundboard with sun bites so yeah i'm gonna figure and out i'm gonna that. do i keep forgetting to do it but i'll do a, a question sticker so we get some questions for next week oh yeah yeah, yeah. were there any on the inst- i guess i didn't see any like come through in the comments no but i i was gonna do like on the stories like you know ask us yeah. and then they can send in questions but i That'd forget <laughs> yeah, so, yeah do don't forget yeah okay that sounds good yeah so next week we'll answer some of your questions thank you everyone thank, thank you. you elizabeth i feel like it would Always be cool, cool if we had like a music right now like i'll show oh, <laughs> you can add that right like aren't you in yeah. control of that <laughs> see that's why we need the soundboard so i can like start playing it yeah yeah. i'm gonna be like to, the little producer so i know to like okay, it's time to wrap it up yeah, it's like the yeah. grammys yeah. <laughs> like wrap it up or what what is that the oscars where they're like come on they start playing it gets louder and louder i still want to think <laughs> like dragging you off this stage okay love you son love Love your new place thank you we'll talk soon love all love to everyone babies and michael babies down here he's asleep still and love you everyone listening yes love you guys see everyone soon Bye. bye